This is Novel Marketing, Episode 9. I'm Thomas Sumstadt, Jr. I'm James L. Rubart. And this is the show for novelists who hate marketing but still want to become best-selling authors. In this episode, we're going to talk about Twitter. Learn about what it is, learn some simple ways to use it to promote your books and promote yourself, develop relationships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, most authors, I would say, Thomas, are already signed up for Twitter. I mean, that ha- that can happen almost instantly, and then you go a little deeper and you create a nice uh, profile and background images and all that. That doesn't take a lot of time. But then after that, some of us, and I'll include myself in this, what do you do at that point? Facebook seems pretty intuitive, but how can you really use Twitter to build your fan base and and to sell books? Well, first, uh, for the handful of you who are out there who've never used Twitter, Twitter is what's called a microblogging platform. It allows you to share blog posts that are 140 characters long. So we're talking one good sentence. <laughs> uh, so and, and, then, and if, for for those who don't who aren't familiar with Twitter, that's characters a space counts as a character so it's very tight it, it's actually a great writing practice uh, yeah. to teach you how to cut the bloat so a lot of authors find it a very intimidating format because they learn to write in a very flabby way with lots and lots of extraneous words and facebook or excuse me twitter beats those extra words out of you with a 140 character stick and it's a, it's a good writing exercise. So for no other reason, that's a reason to use Twitter. But the fundamental of Twitter is that you're following people. So, Jim, I might follow you. And what that means is that when you post to Twitter, it shows up in my feed and, and on my list of tweets. And unlike Facebook, which sorts posts from your friends based off of how close they are to you in a bunch of different ways, Twitter only sorts by the time. So the most recent tweets are there at the top. So there's a couple different strategies when it comes to following people. Some people are from the school of thought that you follow everyone who follows you first, and you just follow people like crazy hoping they will follow you back. And what this has done is it's created something called follower inflation, where I follow a thousand people and a thousand people follow me. And then we use a tool like Hootsuite or TweetDeck to ignore each other. And in reality, <laughs> we're both speaking to empty rooms with no impact or results on our tweets whatsoever. So you can tell I'm not from that school of thought. I don't believe in uh, follower churn strategy where you follow people hoping they'll follow you back. And if they don't, you unfollow them and follow new people. I don't feel that that works. It gets you to a really big, impressive number, but it doesn't actually sell books. And it kind of disregards the core point of Twitter. And it's not to talk. It's not to promote your book. Jim, do you know what the core point of Twitter is? It's, it's, it's relationship. It's building relationships yeah, with people. It's, it's, it's finding out information um, that you actually want. That's right. And if you go back uh, a couple, several episodes ago, we talked about how to get more friends and influence more people. And that secret that we talked about is that secret of Twitter. It's listening. If you can listen well on Twitter, that is what it's all about. And here's the deal. People may already be talking about your book on Twitter. They may already be talking about you as an author on Twitter. Are you listening to that conversation? Are you a part of that conversation? Or is it just going on in the background without you knowing about it? So here are a couple of tools to help you monitor that conversation. The first is something called an at reply. So an at reply 
is a public message to an individual person. So the best way to think of Twitter is like a cocktail party. And everyone's talking all the time and they're kind of mingling around. That's a regular tweet. Then you have a small group of people and they're having a conversation, but other people can join that little circle and listen in on the conversation. That's what an at reply is. So if I send a message to James and we have a friend whose friends or who, or who likes or excuse me, follows both of us on Twitter, they will see that at reply and the conversation going back and forth. But if that person doesn't know both ends of that at reply, they won't see it. And so that way it helps hide a little bit of the noise. At replies also often generate an email. So if I at reply somebody, they will Twitter will often email them saying, hey, you've got an at reply from so-and-so. So they're a powerful tool in that regard. But again, you at reply someone because you have something of value to offer them, not, hey, Jim, buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay, Thomas, can we talk about hashtags? Because you see hashtags now on TV shows. You see them everywhere. And yet I know author friends that, they're using Twitter, but they still don't really have the the concept of what hashtags do and what they are, et cetera. Well, hashtags are a form of drug that uh, gives you a, a – no, I'm kidding. Go to novelmarketing.com and we can <laughs> yeah. connect you. So I know people are listening all over the world, and uh, folks in the United States get a little confused with the name hashtag because what – at least in Texas, we call that symbol the pound sign. It's a pound on the telephone. It's that little check check mark button above the three key on the keyboard and remember i was at a conference and i was explaining it as a pound sign and this poor british lady was so confused and she's like it's not working for me and she kept trying it and her her pound tag wasn't working so i finally looked and she had the little pound sterling symbol uh, oh my above gosh. the four key instead of the dollar sign because that's what a pound sign means in other parts of the world. So, and she's like, "Oh, you mean a hash mark?" A hashtag. Like, a hash, a hash mark. And I'm like, "What is a hash mark?" Uh, but apparently, that is the proper King's English word for this symbol is that as a hash mark. And so, when you put that in front of a word on Twitter and now on Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram and pretty much everywhere that's a social network, but it started uh, on Twitter. It's one of the places it started. That hash mark turns that word into a keyword. And it allows you to have a conversation with other people who are using that same keyword. So when you see it on TV, let's say you're watching a sporting event and they have a hashtag for the game. If you put that hashtag in your tweet, anyone who clicks on that hashtag will see everyone else who's used that hashtag on your tweet. You can follow the hashtag on Twitter. And now suddenly you're having a conversation with strangers about a topic of common interest. Like, oh my gosh, that catch in the end zone was so amazing. Or the offensive coordinator is stupid. He should be fired. And you're able to have that conversation with other friends on a topic that you may not care what goes on in their life for the rest of the week. But on game day... For that moment. To, yeah, for that moment you want to talk to them. Another great way to use a hashtag is at an event. This is my primary use for Twitter. I love to interact with people at events. And nowadays, most events have a hashtag where you can tweet with other people at the event and hear what other people are saying. And sometimes talks will have hashtags. You can get summaries if you're at a conference and there's another talk you want to be at, but you can't be two places at once. You can follow the hashtag for room number two. While you're in room number one, you get the highlights. Uh, it's really helpful for that. It's also a great way to have you know instant parties. You know, like hey, James L. Rubart's going to be signing at ACFW conference in this room at 3:15, and you can announce it at the last minute, and people who are following that hashtag um, can get that. At uh, at the ACFW conference one year, we brought a whole bunch of giveaways, and we had surprise 
announced uh, times throughout the conference where we would go somewhere and start giving away giveaways when we have a certain number. And uh, people would follow us on Twitter to find out when those giveaways were. Um, I'm also a believer that every book should have its own hashtag, and it should be printed on every page. So you have the page number, the author name, the book title, and the hashtag. Those are the four corners of the book, especially now that every social network has a hashtag because it gives your readers a place to talk with your other readers about the book. Uh, Extending the cocktail party. Exactly. I I read a lot of books, and I'm often very frustrated that none of my friends are reading the same books that I'm reading. And I'll just finish a book, and I'm like, man, I want to talk to somebody about this book. And if the book doesn't have a hashtag – it's really hard to find someone else who's having a conversation about that book. I can go to Goodreads and find other people who've reviewed the book, but I, it's hard for me to ask a question like, do you agree with the, you know, what the author did on Chapter 8? Or why did this character run away in Chapter 7? Those kinds of conversations right now are really hard to have, and there's no reason for that. If you were to give a hashtag, you, you, give, you basically are hosting a cocktail party for your book uh, at no cost to you because unlike a website – um, you don't have to buy, you know, hash your book title. Um, you just need to make sure it has no spaces and ideally that no one else is using a hashtag or very few other people are using their, that hashtag because there's no nothing keeping other people from using your same hashtag for the same thing. So the shorter the hashtag is, the more people are likely to use it. And you'll see some crazy uses in other countries uh, for certain hashtags. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to want to know about some of those crazy ideas. Do we have time? Um, yeah, well, it's just that uh, since their language is different, that acronym may mean something else I in see. another language. And so they're having a different conversation, sometimes in a different language, on that same hashtag. And so it's oh, interesting. So yeah. to go to the cocktail party, it's like you're having two different parties with two different groups of people in the same room, and it can get a little chaotic. So having a unique hashtag for your book um, can help kind of have that room be separate. Let's. I want to stay on the cocktail a party uh, analogy just for a moment longer, and, and and the reason why is because a lot of authors think, oh man, if I got to follow this hashtag, then I've got to be talking all the time, and I don't have time to do this. But it is like a cocktail party. A good host does what? Thomas, you doing okay? You can I get you another drink? You're doing great, and then they go away and they talk to some other people. In other words. A good cocktail party is people that are not talking to the host at the moment and still are enjoying talking to each other. So it's not something you have to be on top of all the time. Yeah. Could you imagine how obnoxious that would be if the host felt he had to respond to every single statement made by every single person at the cocktail party? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's exhausting for the, for the host and ineffective. It's a bad uh, marketing strategy. So, again, you treat people on Twitter just like you'd treat anyone else. Um, don't do the typical bad activities of following lots of people, hoping they'll follow you back, um, and you know, buying fake followers on Fiverr. I mean, if you want 10,000 followers, you can go on Fiverr.com and buy 10,000 fake people to follow you. If that number is so important to you. And there are people whose whole self-esteem is built in the number of people who follow them. I think that's total, bo- totally bogus um, and not, not useful. You should be measuring your self-worth on something else. Um, the general rule of thumb, though, with Twitter is that Twitter is not where you sell books. If your goal on Twitter is to sell books you're you're better off going somewhere else with your time and with your money and with your effort, your energy, because Twitter doesn't work well for selling books all by itself. Now, Twitter is great, a great place to start that relationship. 
So you're on a hashtag, let's say with your genre or on other books and you're starting that relationship, people are getting to know you and then they visit your website and then they get on your email list and then from your email list, they buy your book. That's the path, the kind of path that works well. Very few people are going to see your tweet on Twitter and go out and buy your book. And if you doubt me, I can show you the stats on this. (laughs) You can track with a bit.ly link exactly how many times people click on a link and the buy my book type links just don't get very many clicks. And then of those clicks, very few of them get sales. Yes, there are exceptions and yes, there are ways that you can make it work. But my encouragement for you is to think of Twitter as a place to start a relationship, not a place to close the sale. You know, Thomas, I, we're, we're almost out of time and we should probably wrap up here, but I, I definitely think we're going to have to do another Twitter uh, podcast because there's a lot more material still to cover. Yes, there's a lot to say on Twitter. I will say for those of you who are not on Twitter yet, I encourage you to get on and just play around. Experiment. Uh, give things a try. People, you have to earn followers. That's a final point um, before we close, which means you have to provide something of value for the folks who follow you. At Author Media, what we do is we share encouraging tips and quotes for authors. That's the primary thing we do on Twitter. And those quotes have nothing to do with our business of making websites. But we also share links to our um, blog that's got helpful tips and step-by-step guides for authors that's free. That's what we do on Twitter. We're not saying, hey, buy a website from us on Twitter. We're trying to provide value, and that's why we get more followers uh, every month. And so you'll have to find ways to do that for your book specifically. And we'll have episodes in the future where we'll give you some ideas, and we'll talk with authors who are effectively using Twitter, and you can hear their stories. But for now, give it a try. Kick the tires. Play with it. I think you'll be surprised at how fun and uh, easy Twitter is to use. This podcast has been brought to you by the Best Seller Society. Uh, You can find more about the Best Seller Society at bestsellersociety.com. If you're wanting to learn how to use social media or any kind of marketing, there are dozens of talks on the Best Seller Society walking you through. It's like a whole writer's conference online. Think of it like a Netflix for writer's conference talks where you just click play. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, bestsellersociety.com. And as always, we love it when you connect with us. Um, Email us. Go to novelmarketing.com. That's the easiest way to get a hold of us with show ideas. And thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to sell yourself and your writing online, offline, and everywhere in between.